Welcome to the How and the Why. With John Barrett Ingalls. Exploring and celebrating the creative process and the creative purpose of authors, editors, and artists that make up and inspire the Black Hill Press family. Black Hill Press is dedicated to the novella. We believe a great story is never defined by its length. Let's get creative. I'm John Barrett Ingalls, and today we are connected with Alicia Hartwig, the associate editor at Mashable. Uh, Alicia, thank you for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Um, We were just before this talking about uh, uh, Oregon State University going to... No, 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 no. No, no, sorry. University of Oregon. Don't get it wrong. Huge rivalry. Here, let, we should we should delete that and start it over. No, no, right, yes. No, 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 no. University right. of Oregon. Um, yeah. Yes. So congratulations on that. And uh, thank uh, you. There's no congratulations yet. The game is Monday. Well, but it's but... great that you've gotten as far as you have. Um, yeah. But yeah, I suppose and that's I'm, true. I'm sure it's going to go all the way. Um, so let's talk a little bit about so you're uh, the associate editor. And uh, you write branded content for Mashable. Explain a little bit about what branded content is. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I so branded huge. content, branded content is complicated. Um, and unless you're really in the industry, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it isn't really standardized. So every publisher that does branded content does it differently. Um, so I'll just speak to, to how Mashable does branded content really quickly. Sure. But it's basic, it's basically content that is paid for by an adverti- by an advertiser. And so for some publications, that is more of like an advertorial. So a brand paying for a publisher to, to write specifically about that brand and a product that that brand has. And Mashable does a little bit of that. But most of what, what I work on, is more editorially driven branded content. So um, writing about a theme that aligns with something that the brand is doing or something that the brand feels is important uh, or writing about a topic in which a certain brand wants to be seen as a thought leader. Hmm. So it's it could take the form of a regular article or it could be a video an infographic, and we've even done a lot of campaigns on different social platforms like Vine and Instagram and even Snapchat. So it's kind of wide and varied, um, but that's probably as brief as I can explain it. Well, for for um, the 
uneducated, which, you know, it's probably the people that are over 45 or 40. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what exactly is Mashable? So Mashable started as a tech blog about 10 years ago, um, in which our CEO founder, Pete Cashmore, wrote a lot about how technology um, was being developed really rapidly and how he thought that kind of everyone could use tech to improve their lives. And so uh, he wrote a lot about different emerging technologies in a way that everyone could understand. Um, And since then, we've become a much larger media organization still covering tech. Um, That's very much our bread and butter content. But many, many, many other things from climate change to to breaking news. We have a wonderful breaking news team. Um, We have a water cooler department that covers a lot of you know, that viral internet content as well. Uh, So it's kind of turned into anything that uh, someone who would consider themselves part of the connected generation. So anyone who's online consistently uses a lot of social media, anything that they would be interested in. So it started off as a, a tech blog and now it's blown up to this huge online kind of news magazine, news and info. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, uh, news info thing. That's I think that's what it says in our about section. Well it's interesting too, you were saying that uh, you have like a, a breaking news. I was I was uh, thinking because you you're you're similar to BuzzFeed, would I be correct in saying that? And that it's Started off as yeah. more of, of like lists and, and entertainment and advertising, but now moving into actual long form journalism. So yes and no. Um our start was very different from BuzzFeed. Um BuzzFeed did start as as this viral site and has recently started to um make moves into more of a serious journalism organization, whereas Mashable started more so in the news journalism realm, um, but developed a department to cover the viral news once uh, we realized that there uh, was an audience for that, really. Hmm. And so then it's been recent that the the breaking news has started. Um, That largely came about, we hired... Um, someone from the New York Times who is now our chief content officer named Jim Roberts. And when he was brought on, um, a big part of his mission was to create an around-the-clock breaking news team. So how did you get your start with Mashable? So I moved to New York to go into book publishing. Um, I moved here to go to NYU, um, which I eventually actually dropped out of because for me, uh, I wasn't feeling like I was getting enough value out of the tuition that I was paying, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after a year in the program, I started applying for a bunch of book publishing positions, and I just couldn't get an interview anywhere. Um, it was kind of a rough time to try to get into the, to the book industry. Uh, it's not that much better now, but I ended up getting an interview at Mashable uh, as a features writing intern 
And during the interview, once I was telling them about some of my internship experience that I had previously um, at Hearst Digital, uh, they found out that I had a little bit of experience in branded content. And so they ended up bringing in the branded content editor kind of on a whim. And I talked to her a bit and I ended up becoming the first branded content intern that they had. And then uh, a couple months after being an intern, I was hired full time. Wow. Yeah. Now, is that because I mean, you went to school at University of Oregon. I will never make that mistake again. Um, you went yeah. to school for English literature. Like, did you yeah. ever have in your mind and the, you know, multiple possibilities of what life would look like that this would be what you would be doing? No, no, not at all. Um, I initially wanted to be a high school English teacher. And so I went to school for English literature and Spanish literature. And I, after I graduated, I moved to Spain for a year and taught English, uh, put off graduate school for a year. I wanted to get a, have a little bit of a break. Um, but I also wanted to try my hand at teaching a little bit and improve my Spanish at the same time before really committing to becoming a teacher. And I realized extremely quickly that teaching was not the route for me. Um, I praise all teachers out there. It is beyond difficult, uh, and I just definitely did not have the patience for it. So I started to think about, you know, how else I could channel my love of reading, because that's really what uh, was driving me to become a teacher in the first place. And so book publishing seemed like the next kind of step. So that's what led me to come to New York and NYU and then that didn't quite work out, so I ended up at Mashable. Uh, but luckily, through this program I started called Mashable Reads, I was still kind of able to get my fill of literature, I guess, books, and my love of reading. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, how did that start? How did Mashable Reads? It's it's Mashable's like book club, online book club. How how did that get started? Yeah. So. Um, when I was still an intern at Mashable, I was just kind of talking to other people around the office, and I found out that a lot of other people, you know, really loved books also, uh, which I was a little surprised about because you typically hear about the stereotype that, you know, techies or people who are always on the internet don't take the time, you know, to sit down and read books. And so I started this this internal book club at Mashable for people here to kind of disconnect from all of the time we spend on the internet and on social media uh, for us to to sit down together and and talk about books. And we did that for a couple of months. And then someone else, another intern at the time, heard about this author named Jennifer Miller, who wrote a book called The Year of the Gadfly. And she was started on this project that she was trying to visit 100 book clubs in one month, uh, whether through uh, like webcam or in person or however she could. And so we thought that was cool. We wanted to help her out. So we invited her to Mashable and we read her book and we did this in-person, you know, book club with her. And we realized that, you got kind of this whole nother layer of the book when you have the author there. 
Hmm. You know, a lot of people at Mashable are all writers and interested in different writing processes and also, you know, the publishing process or what it takes to write a longer piece of work and get that published. So um, I ended up going to talk to our COO, CFO, uh, named Mike Kriak. And he's also a very, very huge supporter of books and reading. And I asked him if I could kind of turn this into a larger program that we could offer to people outside of Mashable. And he just said, you know, write something up and come to me with it and we'll go over it and then go for it, basically. And um, I was very fortunate that Mashable was so open and willing to let an intern kind of kind of take on a project like this and it's and it just kind of took off so the way that we ended up kind of framing it is that we would pick an author every month read their book announce the book on Nashville's website and then we would bring them into Nashville for an in-person book club uh and so you know over months, I started learning from the publicists that I was working with that a lot of the authors were used to doing, you know, the readings and book signings at either bookstores or libraries or whatnot, but they didn't really get the chance to sit down and have like an informal discussion about their book with their book's readers. And so we started to realize that we had, you know, something really special. And we have been playing with it over the, I guess, the year and maybe four months that it's been going on with different ways for it to kind of live on social media also. Um, and so it's right. changed a lot like, since the initial inception. But Like the, uh, I was, I saw that you're doing like a, uh, or you did with BJ Novak, you had like a online kind of meetup Google with him. Yeah, exactly. So now uh, now we're doing Google Plus Hangouts with the authors every month so that those who aren't able to come to the, the physical in-person book club still has an opportunity to ask the author, you know, different questions they might have. Uh, we also do different challenges every month on social media. So we've done them on Twitter where we've asked people to submit uh different like short stories like 100 character 140 character short stories on Twitter and we pick our favorites and they receive signed copies of the author's book um we've also done contests on Instagram where we've asked the national audience to submit different photos that are thematically aligned with the different books that we've chosen uh we've done them on Vine as well where we've asked our Vine our Vine audience to submit um, different six-second videos that are thematically aligned also with with whatever book we've chosen. And I think one of my favorite things about Nashville Reads and about kind of starting this program is that we haven't been afraid to shift gears and to realize, you know, when something's not working and when we're not seeing traction with something, we're realizing, okay, you know, that's not working and trying something else and uh, and you have the freedom that, and flexibility to do it too yeah exactly exactly and I think that that's really helped us grow the audience you know that we have now 
So now yeah. working for Mashable, I mean, you were just talking about Instagram and Vine and all these other social media platforms. How much of a techie were you before you started working there? <laughs> um, it's kind of embarrassing. I wasn't really techie at all, and I was really concerned that they were going to turn me away because I wasn't one when I was interviewing. I didn't have a Twitter account. I, I hated Twitter, and I just didn't understand what the purpose was really for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember my interview telling them, and they were just like, wait, you don't have a Twitter? Why don't you have a Twitter? And I was like, I don't know what, what I tweet about. Like, went <laughs> to school today, went went to the gym today. Uh reading this book and I just couldn't imagine anyone, you know, wanting to follow me besides my mom or my dad who also were not on Twitter. So that I clearly would have zero followers um, besides those little egg bots who follow me and then unfollow me. Right. Once um, they get deleted. Yeah. Yeah. So beyond that, then I remember my first, the first article I ever wrote uh, for Mashable was about a 3d printer uh, two years ago and I remember just getting so stressed about it because I could not imagine, I, I couldn't understand what a 3D printer looked like. I was like, okay, so is it a printer that you then fold like this piece of paper and it's this 3D thing? And then everyone is like, no, it like prints things. I'm like, but how does it print things? I don't understand how it prints. And I, anyways, So how do you write actually, about that? But lots of research and lots of interviewing and watching lots of YouTube videos of 3D printed things being printed. And, you know, you can kind of research anything to the point of understanding it, I think, and just not being afraid to, to ask that the stupid questions, I guess, has, has, has really helped me work here. Um, and it's been wonderful to have a really big tech team who understands everything. So when I have a problem with my iPhone, I can just walk over and I'll be like, my phone's, you know, not, not doing, doing what it's I need supposed to, to be doing. <laughs> and inevitably, like 95% of the time, they're like, oh, have you turned your phone off and on? And I'm like, no. And then I do it and then it's fine, of course. And then I look like a complete fool. But I had a um, phone. This is yeah. off topic. It's on topic of the phone. I had my iPhone and it wasn't charging. Every time I'd plug it, it wasn't charging. It wasn't charging. And I took it to the store, to the, um, you know, whatever it's called. I, I'm not a techie, obviously. I don't know if you could tell by my Yeah, store. It's perfect. Uh, I took it to the, the the Mac store. And the guy took tweezers and pulled pocket links out of my <laughs> portal, my plug thing. And uh, and then he plugged it in. He said, oh, there it goes. It was just, you know, filled with pocket links. So yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, so so you get an assignment like three D printing. Uh, is that something that you choose? Is it something that's handed off? How how are these? How are your uh, articles? How, how do you get them? Is it like a newspaper where they're like, we need you to work on the, you know, the uh, workouts gadget? project or you know i don't know how, how does it how does how does that happen on a daily basis what is life like yeah so it's a little bit of that and then a little bit of me choosing what i'm writing so if other people on my team are running campaigns uh, 
they will often assign out some of the articles to everyone else on the team. So um, ideally, whoever is managing the branded campaign will try to, you know, give assignments to people based on their particular interests or, you know, semi-expertise. Um, but one of the fun things about working at least on the branded content team for Mashable is that I'm writing about something different every day. And it completely mm. depends on on who the advertiser is. The last the last article that I wrote was a complete timeline of T V and media consumption from yeah, the beginning until now. Um I could probably talk to you about a half hour just about that article, but I'll save that for another time. I mean, yeah, it was it was a lot. It was really fun. Um, but I mean, there is a lot of history. And so, you know, I, some of it I knew, most of it I did not know. Um, you know, but it was really fun. And an article that I wrote before that was a gift guide for, for jet setters, for people who travel all the time. And, um, it's fun because every day it's completely different. Um, so I write about a ton of things that I don't know. So I get to learn about them. Uh, but, Luckily, whenever I have free time, I also have a lot of freedom to write about what interests me as well. So it's kind of half and half. That's good. And do they are they open to hey, I want to I want to do something about this? Are they kind of open to that as long as it's something that fits into what their brand is? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We. We actually have a gaming editor now uh, named Chelsea Stark, who used to uh, just be a features writer. Who she'd write about, you know, whatever the features team would brainstorm together. But she was just an avid gamer, and in her free time, she'd write about um, different, you know, video games that would come out, different gaming technology that was being developed, and we started to see a really strong traction for it on the site. So eventually, Mashwell just decided to let her be the new gaming editor, and now she just just writes about gaming and, and video games all day, and she gets to you know test them out, and she gets sent all of these random toys and games, and she's just you know living the life and is super happy. And I think that's you know like I said before, one of one of the great things about Mashwell is that there is this kind of agility with with everything and if we see that a certain interest is is gaining traction on the site and you know someone really likes to cover it they will kind of allocate the resources there and and let people run with their passion projects i guess so is that kind of what you're doing with mashable reads yes yes so i don't i don't want that to be my total day job here. I very much love what I'm doing with branded content. Um, and Nashville Reads is not only me. Um, there are a handful of other people here who are now working on the initiative with me. Um, but I could definitely see there being um, like a dedicated books vertical at some point hmm. uh, because it, the, the content always performs really well. So is that your hope to to be able to be uh, an editor of your 
thing, you know, to have your little niche at the Mashable world? You know, I don't, I don't really know. And I feel like that's almost an answer that's like unacceptable these days yeah. because everyone always sees there's all these articles that like, you know, make your goal and like, you know, for five year goal. And these are all the steps you need to envision to get to your goal. And you should be goal focused. And I'm just not really like that. I'm really happy. And I used to, when I was an undergrad, I was really obsessed with, you know, what am I going to do next? And, you know, how am I going to get there? And I had all these plans and none of them came to fruition. None of them. And it was, you know, all of these hours and days, weeks, months spent fretting over, you know, what I should be doing and how how am I going to get there? And, you know, I'm beyond happy right now. And it, none of it was what I had envisioned, you know, four mm. years ago. So I think that there's definitely value uh, in kind of just being open-minded and going with the opportunities that you make for yourself and that are, you know, presented to you also. Um, and just not getting too stressed out about, like, the end game, per se, right. Right. if that makes sense. Absolutely. You also have started your own website called Read This Next. Tell our listeners a little bit about that site. Yeah. So Read This Next is another side project that uh, I've started with my co-founder, Danny Schenkhauser. And it was kind of another channel uh, for my love of reading and her love of reading as well. So she used to be my co-worker at Nashville, and she has since left uh, to, to head up branded content at Bustle, but she's actually moving on to Facebook. Uh, she's starting there, I think, next week. Mm. Um, but So Read This Next is a book recommendation engine that is based on author blurbs. So Danny and I uh, just have been have been talking, you know, over the years that we've been working together and she's been working kind of on her own on a site like Read This Next, uh, but wasn't ever quite able to figure out, you know, what the angle was going to be for it. And so she'd ask me kind of, you know, what my input was and I'd help her kind of refine it. And then a couple of months ago, we sat down together and decided that we were going to go forward with this site. Um, because we both loved the idea and the experience of walking through a bookstore and just picking up books randomly uh, and, you know, discovering new ones that you hadn't heard of before. And we envisioned the site to be kind of like that. Uh, But we were also frustrated and kind of unfulfilled by the existing ways in which books are recommended to you. So the only ways that I've ever really found that have worked for me um, as far as advice goes for reading a next book is either a friend of mine telling me, hey, read this, I loved this, or picking up a book and seeing that one of my favorite authors had written a blurb for it. And, you know, as Danny and I were kind of looking around online, we realized there's no digital way to really search by author blurbs. 
And so Read This Next is going to be a way for you to find the next book you want to read based on blurbs. So Elizabeth Gilbert is like an idol of mine. So I could go online and type in her name to the website and up would come every book that she has blurbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of, I mean, it's very much in the beta stage right now. Um, Danny's kind of the brains behind all of the coding behind it. And um, because of my connections with Nashville Reads, I'm doing a lot of work with, with the publishers and, and, and getting readers onto the site. Um, but we're, we're also going to position it as a solution for, for publishers or publicists who are working with debut authors. Because often debut authors don't have the budget to do a lot of big things to get, to get recognized. But then also they don't have the name recognition, you know? Right. Uh, once, like Elizabeth Gilbert, tons of name recognition. Other authors have published a couple of things. Okay. But, you know, you've never heard of, you know, Joe Schmo before. And so what these debut authors often have, though, is a blurb by an established author. But there's no real way to use that to their advantage in their marketing efforts. So Unless you're actually picking up the book and reading that blurb. Yeah. Exactly. But, like, digitally, there's no real way to do that. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of the premise of the site. We're hoping to get it up and and running by the middle of this year, so hopefully May, June. Um, But, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Hopefully, you know, one day that'll be, you know, the one thing I'm working on. Uh, But at the same time, I have no desire to leave Nashville anytime soon. I love my job and I would be completely content to do both for uh, I guess forever. The, yeah, forever. Indefinitely, forever and never. Yeah. Until, until death. <laughs> you know, until Wait, death, but you know. Can you do me a favor? Yeah. Um, based off of one of your articles, can you give me one way I can step up my fashion game? Oh my gosh, stop it. Okay, so <laughs> um okay, that's really funny. Um one way you could if you don't already wear bow ties, you could try wearing bow ties because bow but ties like are really cool. A real tied bow tie, not like a just hook it together, it's a bow tie. Yeah. And yeah. there's this really cool video, um oh, by Oh, by what's his name? The guy who's in Fam or not Family Guy from Modern Family, Jesse Taylor Ferguson. He has this amazing YouTube video uh, that'll teach you how to tie a bow tie correctly. Um, if you don't already know yourself. No, I don't. I don't you know. You should. How. You should check gonna, it out. Then. Yeah. Thank you so much, you Alicia, for your time. Um, of course. Thank you for having me on. And. Uh, I had a lot of fun as well. Good. Good. I hope you feel better. And uh, go University of Oregon. Yeah, go Ducks. This has been The How and the Why by Black Hill Press. I'm John Barrett Ingalls. The show is produced by Kevin Stanek and yours truly, with production assistance by Sarah Becker. The music is Mayalua by Bossa Zuzu.
I wanted to thank everybody for your creativity and your inspiration and to remind you all to keep making art. Thank you.